Miranda taking the 0-2 pitch. Swung on, hit deep to the bleachers. Foul ball. This is express written consent. That's Kevin Pollock. I know the voice might have thrown you, but do you want to just stay with the play-by-play? Sure. Who, uh, who, which, which voice are we doing it in today? Um, I'll tell you what. Let's slow it down and do it as Al Pacino, right. who a few years ago became a black blues player. I don't know if you listen to the way he talks now, but that's pretty much it. When I'm not yelling, I play the sax in the Lower East Side. Speaking of Lower East Side, that ball high and away, ball one. One and two to count. Uh, I was actually present for game one of the World Series when the Panda, who uh, fouls off for, to remain at one and two, um, hit three home runs in the game one. That was a significant evening. Against arguably the greatest pitcher in baseball at the time. That ball grounds is short and an easy out for the Dodgers. The Panda will rarely run out an infield hit. I'm surprised he don't drop the bat and walk to the dugout when the ball is hit to the infield. I'll be honest with you. I'll tell you why, because a man's a pro. Hoo-ah! That was the moment that he became the blues player, by the way. Is well, that we won the Oscar well, for that, and he just started America's yelling. number one actor <laughs> wins an Academy Award for doing an impression of Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> boy, I said, boy, get me a bourbon. I'm just warming up. That, um, that pretty much was uh, Central Woman in four seconds. Yeah, That's and the so whole. they gave him the Oscar for, for, for yelling, and then he yelled for the next 11 films. That's, hey, that's listen, you know, when you find where the gold hey, is, you stick with it's it. It's true. It's, why turn against that? So you are a... Uh, Speaking uh, of gold, Buster Posey. There we play. go. I was just saying, but are, you're, you're a legit Takes Giants the 0-1 fan. and dribbles it to the shortstop. That ball uh, hit, I'm going to say, off the inside of the bat. Giants going down in order so far this inning. One and two. You, you have been with Express Written Consent since its infancy, sir. This yes. very show. Yes. Kansas City. True. You were willing to come up and hang out with us That's for whatever right. reason. Well, yeah, I was We got there. you out of that party for a little while. That was I was <laughs> there for the Big Slick, the um, yeah. annual fundraiser for Children's Mercy Hospital that the Rob Riggle and Paul Rudd and Sadakis throw in a little Dave Keckner just for spice. Yep. Uh, in Kansas City at three-day... Uh, Extravaganza. Uh, yeah, I remember that very well. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was what we were just getting our footing, and now look where we are. We've come. We just decided you to come. You moved into a suite. <laughs> come, so yeah, congratulations that was, for that. That's right. that was Last the time biggest. I saw you, we, we were in a, I think, a broom closet. We were over, <laughs> I don't know. There's no reason see, to point. You can see it over there. It's right <laughs> yeah. over there. Yeah. I just want. That's. We've. It's I'm like, proud of you. It's we moved. It's like we moved across the tracks. We're really. That's um, why we got the suite. Actually, yeah, yeah, just yeah. to convince you to come back. <laughs> like, what if we give them some nice. With the good food and the, the, the nice seats. And I probably brag that I went to high school with Dave Rigetti, pitching coach for the for my Giants. These are all true stories. Like any true fan, I call them my Giants. But unlike the rest of them, I bought the team last year. Uh, that re re retires the Giants. All three batters hitting to the shortstop, making things super easy for the Dodgers, who quite frankly are going to leave the stadium in their Mercedes in the seventh inning. Okay, my prediction. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about what you got going on. What's okay. going on with you? The um, Kevin, first of all, the Kevin Pollock's chat show. Yeah, the award-winning. The award-winning. I think you meant to say. Uh, I, it, it's when I say Kevin Pollock, it's always the award-winning Kevin Pollock. Sure. That, I've explained that to the audience. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, it's in my writer. It's in the. Uh, you must describe me thusly. <laughs>
uh, fifth year. We just celebrated our fifth year anniversary uh, last week. Uh, Jim Jeffries, truly astonishing stand-up comedian, um, selling out giant, giant uh, theaters all around the world. Um, like would do eight nights sold out in a row in his home uh, country of Australia. But anyways, yeah, five years. Just uh, 200 episodes. Wow. Um, the most impressive part to me yeah. is that means we're averaging around 40 live shows. It's a weekly live show. Yeah. So there are only 52 technically available. Right. And that I was able to suit up. 40 out of the 52 is very impressive to me, considering just how lazy I truly am. <laughs> so it's not that you've booked such amazing Speaking people. Speaking of lazy, the Dodgers uh, coming up to bat here. Sorry, you were saying? I was. Well, I, it's not that you've booked such an incredible list of people to be on the show. Yes. It's that you've actually shown up. That's yeah, the most important. That's right. Yeah, it turns out I thought the task would be booking them, which I do myself. Uh, that was our, we had a little in-house uh, producing booking wager. Did you? And we thought it was you making most of the calls. Yeah, I mean, what happens is sometimes, not sometimes, but maybe 30 out of the 200, uh, people will yell at someone on Twitter, like, hey, Fred, Sa at Fred Savage, why haven't you been on at Kevin Pollock's chat show? And then I'll see that because they included my at name. And then I'll retweet it by saying, yeah, you son of a And then... If that person says, I'm in. Yeah. So I would say probably close to 30 wow. of the 200 have come through Twitter fans. That's amazing. Which That's is astonishing. Awesome. That is great. Statistics. That's great. Speaking of statistics, the Dodgers losing, of course, to the Giants last night. Naturally. Uh, Let's go back before we, do, before we go on with sure. this game. 2012 on what was this version of the show in the broom closet. In the voice of William Shatner, no less, yes. you, you read a portion of the Oh, the Places You'll Go, and I remember it clearly because it was in late September. The next month in which the Giants made their run, legendary. One of the greatest comebacks in NLCS history. I believe wholeheartedly it was that reading. Well, it's important that you say it. It is. It's equally as important <laughs> that I believe it. It's true. And I do. Uh, I take it to the bank, and they say, sorry, sir, next in line, <laughs> <That's right>. please. <laughs> This is where we play that portion of the video for the fans Yeah, yeah, at home. let's throw that to the video. Today is your day. You're off to great places. You're off and away. You have brains. You have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. You're on your own and you know what you know. And you are the guy who'll decide where to go. There we are, a dedication to my San Francisco Giants. I love them so. Have a great playoff and World Series. And we're back. Okay, and we're back. All right, uh, good. <clears throat> That's good chat. I've now. come here today, you should know, from uh, the editing bay. Okay. On my directorial debut, a documentary about famous funny people. And the thesis of which is asking the question, do you have to be miserable to be funny? Do the you? name of the documentary is Misery Loves Comedy. And I interviewed about a little over 70 very, very famous funny people, some of which not just comedians but filmmakers and actors, 
so it's everyone from say Jim Gaffigan and and um, um, Jim Jeffries and and you know the like, and then Christopher Guest and John Favreau and Judd Apatow, who started as a stand-up when he was very young, and um, uh, a lot of very 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 famous funny people, and you know, as a fairly well-adjusted fellow myself, I was uh -huh. always fascinated by that question, do you have to be miserable to be funny? And after doing the chat show for so many years yeah. and getting inside the, the process of a lot of creative people, when I was approached about doing this documentary, it was an instant yes, because A, I felt I could book these people. I'd already had experience of doing of, of not paying famous people to show up at a a lot of time of day. Also known as documentary work yeah, or yeah. internet sure. chat show. Yeah, yeah. And B, I was fascinated with the topic. It's a, and it's also having been in the trenches of stand-up comedy my whole life since I was ten, uh, starting out in San Francisco professionally in my early twenties. Um, it was very near and dear, you know. So, uh, so let so I will turn around. Now you say you're well adjusted. So the, the miserable part for you is not the engine. Well, listen. There's a reason I'm on Twitter and not on Facebook. I'm not on Facebook because my friends are useless and I don't care what they do. I'm on Twitter because I need the attention of total strangers. So narcissism would be my one weakness. A lot of, uh, almost all performers must suffer from a certain uh, acute degree of, hey, look at me, disease. Uh, Everyone. I can only imagine. Yeah. But by the way, that's why Facebook exists and is so successful, oh. because it gives an otherwise non-famous person a page. Their own network. A platform. A so-called fan base. Sure. Um, son of a... And there's home run number two for your Los Angeles Dodgers. Pardon me while I try just a little. I was going to say we could just bleep the whole next line, whatever you got to say. <laughs> um, so, so your comedy driven more by... I want to entertain at least, or at least I need a lot of people looking at me. Not yeah. as much as my your deep inner turmoil or angst. I mean, Mark Marin um, had a wonderful comment for the film about there was a certain moment in stand-up comedy where comedians started talking about their own lives, and that meant the mis the misery of life. And it's one thing to say like me right. as a performer and then it's another thing to say this happens to you too right right and then we have a a connection of misery yeah um because much like everyone technically wants attention everyone also has a certain amount of misery in their life you know oh yeah well it's always it's always struck me that you know, art, art, art that touches the most people has a universal, right. it has a big picture idea that we all share in, in the needs yeah. or, or the wants. Some people connect it better, even in the most obscure circumstances. And a lot of times, the, the downer part of life, everybody connects to really fast. Yeah. And if you can make us smile about it, then holy cow, what a skill. But, you know, there's, there's no 
good side without the bad side. There's no celebration without experiencing misery. You learn more from failure. There's so many trite cliches that have been written on this topic in one way or another. I thought, let's let's get individual takes yeah. from very, very famous people who divulged their a lot of their inner darkness. Even like people who are shining examples of success <laughs> and happiness yeah. and well-adjusted, like Jimmy Fallon, um, talking at great length about the neediness of the performer right. and and his own private hell when that occurred for him. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, asking the question: Do you have to be miserable to be funny? And uh, is the answer yay or nay, or are we somewhere in between? The answer is. Uh, it depends on who you talk to. There's a general consensus that you actually don't have to be suffering in the moment of being funny. You have to have suffered okay. and be able to express it in a way that's A, entertaining, and B, relatable. That's awesome. That's uh, great because that's, I think there's a, there's a lot of old adages and a lot of myths about how people are supposed to be yeah. if they want to be in the stand-up business or in the comedy business. Yeah. So. That's, does misery love comedy? Do we, does misery, misery loves comedy. Right. Do we have a release date yet? Um, we're, right now we're gearing towards the Toronto Film Festival in September, which is why I came here from the editing bay with a right. deadline of the, I think the end of May. Awesome. To submit. So that's the current. And then um, uh, this coming Monday night, or is it, there a date connected we to have this? Not necessarily. No. All right, so I joined the cast of Mom, the CBS uh, hit yes. uh, sitcom from Chuck Lorre, who brought us Two and a Half Men, Mike and Molly, and, of course, Big Bang Theory. Mom being uh, starring Anna Ferris and Allison Janney. Hilarious people. Yeah. And um, I joined about halfway through their first season, uh, just finishing up, and they got the second season already uh, thumbs up, so I'll be coming back next year. And Rock on. So we have, a lot, we have a lot to look forward to from you. Indeed. And Excellent. a couple of films that I've done that are coming out. Great. We're done chatting. Now we play some games. All righty. It's time now for Start, Bench, Cut with Kevin Pollack. Ke Kevin, you're familiar with the rules. I am. All right. Start, Bench, Cut. Folks, you know the rules. If not, uh, we must have a Wikipedia page about it by now. Check that out. You mentioned in our earlier conversation about that Kansas City charity. Yes. So let's Start, Bench, Cut these three who are involved. John Hamm. Start. Paul Rudd. Jason Sudeikis. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to stick with my initial reaction. Okay. It's a gut reaction. Uh, I'm going to go with the start, John Hamm, because he's uh, too much of a multifaceted player. He's, uh, first of all, the fact that he gets to be good looking and funny. Yeah. God, cool. God never gives with two hands. Why this son of a. <laughs> so, John Hamm, you start in any scenario. And then, I hate to do it, but I'm going to bench Paul Rudd momentarily until I find a spot, and I'm going to cut Sudeikis. All right. And again, not happy about having to cut Sudeikis. I want to make that clear. You gave me three <laughs> wonderful names we, we're, who I would like to start. Well, that's not how it works. But I, I'm going to play according to your rules. Yeah, thank you, sir. As completely twisted and wrong as they are. If it were easy, everybody would do it. Sure. You were in the movie The Usual Suspects. Correct. Continue. Small we Jews for 400. Please start pitch and All cut right, these three characters. Fenster, McManus, Verbal Kint. 
That's pretty easy. I'm going to start Fenster. He's the first to die in the film. Spoiler alert. Um, but the most, he took the most nothing part, the actor, Benito Del Toro, and stole every scene he was in. Funny story of which is in my uh, award-nominated book, How I Slept My Way to the Middle. Award-nominated yeah, book by award-winning Kevin Pollack. Right. Um, uh, and then I'm going to, oh, this is easy. Then I'm going to bench Robert Kent because he's talking too much. Yep. And I'm going to cut the hell out of McManus <laughs> because Baldwin is tool of the century. Next up, please. Next up, you were in another movie. That movie is called. Well, a few, I've been in a few movies. I don't haven't. know the exact number. I, Seventy-three. I, this it was. Uh, a few good men was this particular movie. Yep. Start bench cut these three actors: Tom Cruise, Demi Moore, Jack Nicholson. Oh, I gotta be a. <laughs> I, I, it's not. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Uh, it, as it turns out, after giving it a moment of thought, yeah, it's slightly easier than I thought it would be. When, right. I, when you when you mentioned the movie, I assumed it would be these three, yes, who I love dearly, and and working with them literally changed the outcome of the rest of my life. True. And they were all made uh, stars who treated me like an equal from second one. That's all the qualifier that I will give. I'm going to start Tom Cruise because he doesn't understand the word lose. I'm going to bench Jack because he's 105 and needs the rest. And I'm going to cut to me because she drove off the reservation a little too quickly. <laughs> okay. See, that wasn't as hard. <laughs> We've put you to task on Star Bench Cut thus far with your acting career. I know you're a lifelong Giants fan. I am a lifelong Giants fan. Start Bench Cut. These three giants. McCovey, Mays, Posey. Okay. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the painfully obvious. Okay. I'm going to start Posey. I'm going to bench Mays because he needs the rest. And I'm going to cut... McCovey. He knows why. I'm going to leave it there. There's a thing. There's a thing between us. It's personal. It's not business. It's something I, I, I really shouldn't share legally. We, let's, we have lawyers on us all the time. Let's avoid that. Um, but you got beef. No, I'm so old I got to see Willie Mays play with my San Francisco Giants when I was a wee tyke. Um, I wish I could remember a moment of it because I was so young. But, that it, you know, and then I grew up watching McCovey play, mm -hmm. so he was such a hero. And Posey's the hero of the, of the modern team. And so you've given me an impossible scenario, and I went with the funny. You did, you did yeah, well. yeah. You did well. That's all I know how to do. Start bench cut. Kevin Paul. It's time now for a start bench cut with Kevin Pollock. Kevin, we've let out nine baseball terms in front of you. Would you read them for the fans, please? Hammer, meatball, break one off, chin music, hack away, pound the zone, choke, Goodwood, 
hit the showers. Start bench cut, Kevin Pollock. Your experience making your award-winning Kevin Pollock Checha. Huh. And I'm to pick one of these and place it? Yes, at the number one, please. Um, I got to go there. Goodwood. The show is Goodwood. Yeah. Now you want a reason why? Sure. Uh, go to iTunes, Airwolf.com, the number one comedy podcast network, uh, your Hulu, mm -hmm. your YouTube, and find out for yourself. There you go. Yeah. It is a great, great show. Your experience on A Few Good Men. Ah. It's kind of a toss-up. I like two of my choices, and the, the certainly the music in the background is was cheering me on. Um, I'm going to have to go with Pound the Zone, and I'll tell you why. Tell me why. Because uh, it was a ridiculous opportunity. Um, I was, in baseball turns, completely and utterly brought up to the majors, mm -hmm. surrounded by giant stars, first time in the majors rookie outing and um, I'd done a handful of movies before but nothing where I'm surrounded by Mount Rushmore I'm where's Waldo in the cast let's be honest and I had one opportunity to to belong mm -hmm. and therefore start a film career and Rob Reiner actually put it into baseball terms for me before we started shooting the director he said look Jack's going to be swinging for the fences because that's how he does it mm -hmm. Tom's going to be swinging for the fences because he's got to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Jack. Demi's going to be swinging for the fences to try to keep up with them. Mm -hmm. I need you to hit one into the gap, maybe bring in a run or two. <laughs> My character was the conscience of the piece as written by Aaron Sorkin, a utility player, needed to hit one in the gap. But I personally had to pound the zone to pull that off. Awesome. And finally, the professional future of Kevin Pollack. Wow. Okay. I don't really like what's left. Is that the point of the game? I just go with whatever seems right. Oh, okay. Boom. Chin music. Because I'm going to keep coming at you. I'm going to keep bringing the heat. Watch yourself. Don't watch your back, because I'm coming at you straight on. <laughs> watch your front. I, I thought this was tense before. I'm going to ask security to be involved very shortly. <laughs> How did I do, by the way? Yeah, that, let me do the scoring. Oh, you did perfectly. That was three, <laughs> three down. Kevin Pollock. My pleasure. Total pleasure, man. Thanks, man. Good to see you again.